You are listening to Building with Builder, where we talk about all things building, whether it be building or renovating your dream home or developing for profit. We believe that building done the right way is fun. I'm Rebecca from Build Her Collective. Join us as we explore all aspects of this journey. Well, hello there, builders and other podcast listeners. Today's episode, I thought I would talk to you about understanding your numbers on a build. Now, this topic can be super fraught and there's lots going on on it. So I'm just going to try and give you an overview of how to do the budgeting from the outset. So you really kind of understand how to make it work for you. So the key is really to have the right allowances from the beginning and not just work this out on how much money you actually have. If you do have the right allowances from the beginning, it'll make the whole process feel a lot less stressful, a lot more calm and a lot more fun. So here are five different areas to think about before you begin that will affect your budget in a really big way, but you may not have thought about how they're going to run through. So number one, know how you will run your build or renovation. What do I mean by that? So what I mean by that is Are you going to hire a builder? Is that builder going to be a high-end builder with lots of admin, lots of overheads and a full team that maybe be less risky and more secure? Or will you be using a builder at the other end of the spectrum that's more of a one-man band? That one-man band is going to maybe be on the tools, putting in the time and effort, doing the quoting at night, but they might require a bit of help from you in terms of quoting and help in terms of making sure the build runs smoothly or getting trades organized and ahead of time. So where do you sit if you're hiring a builder on that spectrum and who is going to be the person for you? One may be slower or quicker than another, and all of these are considerations that you need to blend through as well. The second way you might want to run the project is more of a blended builder model. So let's take that one-man band that we had in the beginning and think about him. What happens if you go in and support them? What happens if you do the running around? You get the quotes up front. You get the materials supplied and delivered to site. You do the ordering and that kind of running around. You might have the time and energy into fitting in and sourcing the most cheapest material for the build. And you could work alongside them in more of an open book manner. Or you could get a builder to take you to lock up and then you could have your own trades come in and finish it. There's lots of different considerations in here, but for the moment, what I want you to think about is how are you going to run the build and how will that have an impact on the end result? The final way you might be looking at this is an owner builder. So if you are doing an owner builder, that means that you are hiring every trade. You are responsible as a builder would be for the build being compliant and working well. So are you actually going to be a owner builder and how is that going to affect the budget? And when you're doing your budget, are you going to allow for all those extra things that add up like fixings and rubbish removal and permits? All of those things go into that melting pot and give you your build price. So First consideration is know how you're going to run the build or renovation because that'll let you know whether you're going to be sitting at the lower end of the range or the upper end of the range. 
Now, secondly, we want to understand the size and scope of your project and how that'll work through. On a new build, that might be super easy. We can look at an area of a building. We might say we're building 300 square meters and we can then multiply that by a square meter rate. New builds a lot easier like that. So hypothetically speaking, we've got 300 square meters. We multiply that by three and a half thousand dollars per square meter. And we've got a million and fifty thousand dollars is what we're looking at as our overall budget for build. That doesn't account for all the professional fees and services and contingency all that jazz. Extensions, however, might be a bit harder. We can't just apply a square meter rate over the whole thing as simply as that. So you need to think about how big it is. Are you just doing a very small extension of like 10 square meters, in which case you probably can't apply a square meter rate at all? Or are you going to be doing 150 square meters or 100 square meters? So let's take 100 square meters. If we're doing an extension, this might be a typical one. We're putting a box-esque on the back of an existing house and it might be 100 square meters, but then we're going to put a kitchen in there and a bathroom in there. So what we might want to do in that situation is we might do a hundred square meters by three and a half thousand dollars per square meter gives us three hundred and fifty thousand dollars then we might want to add an allowance for our kitchen because that's we don't have the full building to spread the costs over and do the lows and highs on so we might add fifty thousand dollars of an allowance for the kitchen and we might go i've got a kitchen and a bathroom and we might go okay we've got a bathroom we'll put twenty thousand dollars in for that. Now, please understand these numbers are made up. I'm just trying to give you an understanding of how you would calculate them and what type of allowances you would make. If you want to do a renovation, so internal, absolutely inside your house. So you might do the same thing. You might go, okay, I'm renovating the kitchen. I'll allow $50,000 for that. I've got two bathrooms. I'll allow $25,000 per bathroom. But then the only way you can work it out is by walking through that house and making a list. Are you replacing the floor finishes? If so, add floor finishes. You know, you might go carpet to bedrooms, one, two, and three, floorboards to hallway and lounge. And you do that on a square meter. For that but you need to start guessing through so you'll go from everything you need to an allowance for your paint for your carpet for your timber for your skirting are you moving doors you need to make an allowance to move that doors there's a lot that goes into this we do have a free template on our website under freebies there's it's called feasibility template you can download that that's got some of this information in there that you could use as kind of a checklist to go through and go okay in my renovation I've got this in my extension I've got that and know that you might have a composite so you might be doing an extension so you've got to allow a square meter rate for that and then you're doing a renovation to the existing where you're just updating the light fittings maybe repainting and recarpeting so you'll make an allowance for that okay I've got two more no, three more. So we want you to consider the implications of your site and structure. A lot of the decisions that we make upfront in the beginning, we make without kind of understanding the full play on how that's going to roll out on your build. So when we think about that, we might be thinking about, are we building on a sloping block? Do we have tight access? Do we have a suspended slab, a concrete slab that's above the ground, in which case the structure is a lot more costly? Do we have masonry or heavy framing? So the easy way to look at this is the heavier the materials, and this is general, so don't shoot me on it, but I'm trying to give you an idea of what to kind of look at and consider here. So generally speaking, if we are doing heavy weight 
things, it'll cost more. So things like concrete slabs, masonry walls, lots of steels will sit at the higher end of the spectrum of cost. And then things that are lighter and quicker to construct, things like timber frames and lightweight cladding will be a lot more cost effective. And then that'll kind of help you sit, am I at the expensive area or am I at the more cost effective area of this build? These choices are harder to change later and sometimes people will go, oh, well, do you want this or do you want that? And you answer them without kind of thinking about the full implication of how that'll roll through for you. Number four, know where the money is going on your build. There are expensive fixtures and fittings that you may have specified. Do you want steel windows? Do you want floating shelves? Have you asked for a lot of intricate joinery? Are those tiles super expensive that you need through your house? Just be aware of the cost of the materials you're specifying and why you're specifying them. We had one lovely lady, she came to us and she'd sent the architect or the interior designer actually, a picture of a bath. This bath was very beautiful. And she's like, oh, I like this bath. She didn't look up the price. That was a $14,000 bath. It then went into her project and she was wondering why that project was well over the budget at the end. It's because they were looking at what they had and they were just popping them in and they didn't consider the cost along the way. You can swap that out. You can save yourself maybe $13,000 and still have a beautiful bath. Okay, so expensive is not always bad. I want you to understand that. It's just knowing where the expense is. So you choose to spend it in that area. And that's where your value proposition actually sits. I use expensive items in my build. I combine them with more cost-effective things, but I always want to hero and feature the things that I've spent a lot of money on. I like to touch them. I like to feel them. I like to understand from a physical point of view what I have spent money on. So the whole building feels more expensive and better quality. Finally, and I know I'm going quick, sorry, but finally, the tender and the quoting. We want you to compare prices. No two builders are the same. No two trades are the same. No two suppliers will give you the same price. That means that if cost is important to you and money is high up on your value, maybe not time or, or security, but money is high up, then what are you doing to help that? How are you going to value manage that situation? And when you get a price in, let's say you've chosen a builder and you're going to work with them, how are you going to manage that with them in a collaborative way, in an open way, in a way where you're having conversations and kind of working together on it? So when I look at this, I kind of go, I might get my tender back and I'll have a conversation with the builder or the trade and I'll go, okay, can we just have a conversation about value management? And some of the questions I might ask is, can you see any areas where you could shave costs that I might've overlooked? Is this actually the best price you can do? Is there any sharper you can get on this? What would you do to save money if this was your build? And kind of work things through with them. Now, you might not pick up all those cost savings. They might say, okay, well, if it was me, I wouldn't put a stone bench in, I'd put a laminate expense in and you'll save yourself $10,000 in that way. You go, great, that's fine. At least you know you've spent the money there, but you may choose to not pick that up because it's important to you to have a stone bench. But there may be other things that you might not know as they say, well, if you turn this window into two windows, it's a lot easier for us to construct. The glass is a lot smaller and, you know, we can save yourself $5,000 by not having this massive lintel in place. And you might go, great, that's a really easy saving. I'm more than happy to put a post in the middle of those windows. It won't change the look and feel of that at all to me. There is no one way to manage a 
budget that is better than the other and there is no one way to make it work perfectly. It's really about time and effort and energy that you put in and knowing that you are the one person who is in control of this build. It will always come down to you and that's why I guess we started Build Her because people have this imaginary idea that someone else is going to magically come in and tell them all the things they need to do and work the budget for them and make sure everything's all right. Well it doesn't work like that. You need to be across it. You need to be across all these different things and if you are from the beginning it means that your build and renovation can go super quickly, super smoothly and stress-free because you understand the things from the beginning. Now I'll give you a quick thought here. Just go through and understand what you're doing from the beginning to the end. Understand the implications as you go through. You're more than welcome to sign up to our course. We've got a free trial for 30 days. It's one dollar. There'll be a link in the show notes if you want to go to that. Jump onto our website. It is a trial, so we're trialing it. But cost is one of the most important things. It's one of the things that people come most stressed about. And I guess it starts the most arguments in households. So if you can get in front of this from the beginning, knowing that all the time with the value of money and inflation, that things will go up, you can make sure that you manage your build properly and have a fun and enjoyable build and not a super stressful one where you feel like you're chasing your tail and have to make compromises or sacrifices at the end. All right, guys, bye for now. I hope that has been really helpful. I do love getting feedback, so please DM me or leave me a review or let me know what you think, but love some feedback and love to know how you are managing your builds too. Okay, bye-bye.